Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 20 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Lord Voldemort's Request. Um, first, we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. Use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Um, and love our blog, love wizard team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Consider becoming a Patronus or send us a cheering charm. You can donate to Black Girls Create at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. Some of us don't have jobs, so like donations would be greatly appreciated. True that, true that. Um, we also have Wizard Team merch, so head over to our website to step up, to step up your nerd fashion and stationary game. Um, we have a store at DFTBA, store.dftba.com. You can get you a Black Girls Create enamel pin um, and a Black Wizards t-shirt. Throw us some coins, rock that stuff. The more you buy those two things, the more things we can put on in that store. So, you know, incentive. Also, like, it's a Black Wizards t-shirt and it's lit, so like that should be incentive also, enough. Also, the know. pin is like fire, and it's one of those like it's one of those. Pins it's really where it's, it's not like an fire. obvious thing, so it's like a conversation starter as well. You know, people are like, oh, that's cute. What is that? And then you get to tell them mm-hmm. about this awesome community that you belong to, and all of the cool things that we try to do. Yeah. <laughs> only yep. for the low low price of ten dollars if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so rate and review us on itunes um and also subscribe to black witches weekly our newsletter curated by wizard bay deborah with nerd news and links to what's been going on so if you want to be in the know be sure to subscribe go to blackgirlscreate.org and now for wizard team news <laughs> Um, so it's it's been a week um, since our Slack so, exploded, and it seems like right now we're we're um, <laughs> on a we're on a, we're not rehashing. We're not going to explain what happened. If you would like to know what happened, um, join our Slack and then scroll because it's been a week and we talk a lot. Um, and we also tried to bury. So what, ba- what had happened the mess. was um, all I'm saying is no, 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 no. We don't need to rehash. We don't need to rehash. To the point is, this Robin, no, we're Robin. Talk about it. I was trying to edit this. Wait, but can I at least finish nope, what my sentence to, was, though, at least, before we start? Persuade me. I'm, I'm not, actually. I'm the one who put it in the agenda to talk about, okay. so, yeah. Okay. Um, the point is, is that things got really heated, and um, there were a lot of emotions, and it was entertaining if you were not <laughs> in the line of fire. Still a little scary, though. It was scary, regardless but if you weren't in the line of fire, it was at least a little bit. I was, I was laughing. laughing. I thought it was funny, but also I was like, like, "Yikes!" Is this real life? Like, well, see, because I of it didn't touch so, me, but when it did touch me, I was like, "Wow!" It be its own. There people. were moments where I was like, "It started," and I was like, "Oh, what is happening? This we should stop this." The best part was, and then me and Delia tried to stop it, was, and so it didn't I work. I was not in the Slack because I was doing. I I. Rec- I edit what we record. So this happened on Tuesday. I was, you know, getting all of my work done. Because um, I have I have other things to do mainly right now. Just my biggest job is trying to find a job. Um, but 
So then I go into the Slack because I had to ask Bayana a question and we talk through the Slack now. Like we don't have each other's phone numbers and aren't on a group chat and we just Slack each other all the time. Yeah. I don't know where Robin's text thread <laughs> is. Like, I actually only text Bayana when I'm trying to talk to Aminata now. Like, that's my conversation with Aminata. Which is funny, because when we first got the Slack, we were like, when we first got the Slack, we were like, we can separate. So, like, text can be for personal things, and Slack can be for um, BGC things. And then it just all moved over to Slack, except you can actually search yeah. Slack, so it um, makes it a little bit So, anyway, I went into the Slack to talk to my cousin about official BGC things. And I was like, oh, it's popping in the Wizard Team channel. Let me peek up in here as community manager, you know, get the lay of the land. I try to make sure I'm reading the majority of all the stuff that's going mm. on so I could like either, you know, slide the conversation Mm-mm. to the right channel or get us back on track or make sure nobody is being froggy. And you know that gif from community when Troy walks in with pizzas, but the whole place is on fire. I was like. I was like, oh, that's what it was. This This thing that we built. Look at all these people using this thing that we built in the way. I got, I got like 600 messages. This is beautiful. And then I walk up in there and everybody lost their damn mind talking about they don't see it for Luna. Sirius is a privileged white man when we all know Sirius is Korean. Get it together. What is some other shit that went down? It was a lot of we don't see it for Luna and we don't like Sirius. Well, so. Yeah, so that's always the thing. Is it started off with like a right, like with an unpopular opinion that Danielle, who Danielle we adopted at LeakyCon, um, came because the thing is, is like right. we're supposed to be a safe space, but also like there are just certain topics. Y'all know you listen to Wizard Team. It's basically like this, except like more people, and so it it's supposed to. Be it started space, off, and I was like, all right, like, for it so to be a safe space. It needs to be a safe space for everyone. Well, okay, but the point the point is, and I think that's like low key a joke. The point is though, it's a safe yes, space in the, yes. in the ways that it matters in terms of like fandom and what you like and don't like. Like we'll talk shit about you, but honestly, it's and we all love. Um, we gave to Daniel, but I think, Danielle, but I, she, yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. So like the point was that like she said this right, and it was like, and in my head I was like, okay, like I I personally like I love Luna, but like I don't, I'm not like that. You know, and I generally, when it comes to, I try to chill unless right. it's about Snape. Like we I try to just be and like, also we have okay, no this is your role, preference. This is no my preference. Is, like, there's specific guidelines that, like, Snape is an exception. You can bully the fuck out of him. Basically, there were some unpopular opinions shared in the Slack in Wizard Team last week. Um, people's feelings got hurt, namely Robin, who came in way after the fact and were like a thousand, fifteen hundred messages in, um, and then everything blew up and it kind of got worse and then it got better mostly Mm -hmm. but i'm still side-eyeing a lot of my community mostly like i still love them yeah i trust them you know like yeah i mean i i honestly i thought it was was funny funny. so i will give us that even with the most unpopular of opinions we got jokes like someone will say something that simultaneously rips your heart into a tiny bajillion pieces but is making you laugh while that's happening it's a very uncomfortable spot but i mean i think everyone was in tears by the end of it but like we did we did so like it was it was intense 
Um, and I don't, I can't tell you that that will ever happen again, but I can't say it won't ever happen again. So, it like, if you like again. that kind of entertainment and you don't want to get in, and you're, like, not someone who likes to, like, get in, get caught in the crosshairs, <laughs> then join our Slack. Here's hoping. <laughs> that's, the the, that's the, that's the pitch. I will say, though, it makes it seem like a lot of this was targeted, not targeted at me, like, a lot of these bad opinions just hit me in the feels. But I wasn't the only one. Well, it just so happened. It, it felt like a. It, it was, was a. It yeah, was a it was like. A it was a coincidence that it ended up being both. Because first it was Luna, and I was like, okay, we can whatever. And then it was serious, and I was like, oh wait, no, this is gonna be. It was one of those. It was like a train wreck. You know, you see it happening, but at first you think you're, there's enough time to divert it, and then it just keeps going, and you're like, but no, but you can you can stop, but but um, so that's basically what happened. But okay. Let's move on. This Sunday, in like, kind of cool and like related, but like dope news. Um, this Sunday is, is Wizard Team's third anniversary. Wow. September second was the date of our very first episode in 2015. So that's really cool. And it started from Robin and I just talking in a room together to us talking in two different rooms and lots of people talking with us. Some of and so them that's super awesome. Are relatively new and have not been here throughout the three years. But came in guns a blazing, mm-hmm. and and ready, and like ready. And I feel like it's a beautiful thing. Um, uh, we were talking in the bonus episode around like LeakyCon about being spending a lot of time being fandom adjacent, and then like finding your tribe or your people. I don't like saying tribe. Finding your people. Um, I am forever grateful that we found this crazy, insane group of people starting to think we don't need to talk to them as much as we do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it, I think it's been like really interesting um and kind of awesome that we like you said we found our group like and I mean, I feel like we have like a lot more listeners than we have um folks who like interact with us, which is generally how these things go. Um, but even if you are just listening, yeah. like, thank you for listening and, you know, caring about our opinions on things and putting up with our tangents and interruptions from different family members. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have at least one more year of Wizard Team left. I mean, we'll probably, we, we got some ideas, so it's definitely more than that. But at the very least, the very least, we're going to, we're the very least, we have at least a year. Yeah, first first and foremost. Um, but yeah, so thank you all for coming with us on this four-year-long journey of reading seven <laughs> books. Because <laughs> that's, that's what it is. We've been reading these books we reading, for so we long. Aminato <laughs> was a, a tadpole. Three years old. And now yeah, when we started. Now she's six. Now she's in, oh now she's in elementary she school. She's been this for half her life. Yo, <laughs> that's really weird to think about. Love good Fitzgerald in my life. She has never known a Monday without me screaming yeah. at her and at the computer. <laughs> at a computer. Wow. All right. Yeah. Birthdays. Awesome. Um. This is a, this okay. Is that. We also have magical birthdays. It's Virgo season now, so like. And and Virgo is the longest, like, 
uh, what's it called? Like, side. They have the longest. Um, really. Part of the year. They have like six weeks or something wild. I don't yeah. Know what none of this shit means. They have hell. They have hell. By this time, yeah. by this point, with all these seasons, I would, I would figure it out. Well, I was just talking about like I'm still just like that's really. Funny. <laughs> no, I just I know a lot about Virgos because well, like about to say you got a lot of Virgos. I know yeah. a lot of Virgos. I'm, I know lots and lots of Virgos. Cool. So happy birthday t- uh, to Haley, whose birthday w- uh, was yesterday on Tuesday. Um, so shout out to Haley happy Yamada. Bird. Day. Happy birthday. Um, and then Uh-oh. today on Wizard Uh-oh. Team Wednesday, no less. This is Ooh. none other than Ooh. Moonwalker Supreme. What? Smooth criminal. Annie is um, okay. Icon. Michael Icon. Joseph Jackson. Is that who you is it Michael Joseph Jackson? That's that's who, that I'm, who talking I'm talking about. Is that who you're talking about? Because I think that's about. who I'm talking about. My man's 60th birthday, y'all. Of 60 of years. Killing the game. And fuck the Eagles. Fuck the it's Eagles. Just, and what is the greatest hits albums don't count? Also, sorry. But the Eagles recently surpassed the Eagles' greatest hits album surpass Michael Jackson's thriller, which is bullshit. Like, who are the Eagles? You know? Hotel California is one <laughs> song, and that is not even a bop. This is really long, confusing-ass song that is only popular because it's confusing <laughs> yeah. as fuck. Well, like, yeah, today is Wizard Team Wednesday, so after you finish listening to us, go listen to Thriller on a loop for the Get rest of the day. my back where he belongs. How about that? Exactly. Do that. I personally will, after I pick Ami up from school, we're mm. having a Michael Jackson day. We're going to watch all the I music videos. You. We're going to listen to the music. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have time. Um, if you can get out here. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, you know, you know where I live. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to we're gonna hang out. I, I always text my stepmom. Like, that's like our thing. I'll be like, happy Michael Jackson day. Um, so that's a thing. And... Yeah, maybe I'll try to find like Moonwalker oh or Captain Eagle or something somewhere. Booter! Is it? Booter! It's happening. It yeah, is it's happening. Also, like, it's going down. Best it's going quality, down. But it's also because it's a 3D and so I mean, it was never going to be the best quality. Um, true. Yeah, that's like, fine. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's lit. Um, and then Thursday is a quarter of the reason why we're here. Um, so shout out, I don't know if the, if the math actually adds up, but like, I mean, you know, she didn't like split, she's not my only parent, so it would have to be like. My auntie, she's at least half the reason, because she's also the reason why I moved up here. She gave me permission and a place to stay. Well, I was trying to do like genetics wise and even like quarter that it doesn't work. Either way, it's my mom's birthday on Thursday, so like shout out to her. Um, it has like MJ's birthday. We all know that. And she wrote, she writes these out. So she wrote MJD and not like mama. I found adorable. Well, I was just, I I don't know. It was in my head at the moment. Also, MJD is uh, shorter than also mama. Initials so. are great. I did it last week. I don't know what I was thinking when it's I did cute. it. I was oh, just well. like, oh, okay. <laughs> Took me a minute. Who's that? Oh, um. Yeah. So yeah. 
magical birthdays. She's a shout out to y'all. But she's like very magical just in who she is. Like she's like, yeah. If Nicola Zabini had chill, no, and one and and not killed her husband, no. Like she's like fashionable and and you know what I mean. But she's not a murderer. (laughs) 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 Who do we have in the magical world? It's like a fashion icon. We only have one. Just like Dumbledore. Like She's absolutely game, not double, but also it's like so that's fine. a completely reasonable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, she's definitely not double. Her fashion not is not flamboyant. quite she as flamboyant. Always, so. She's always the most put together person in the room. Even when she's like, "I look a mess," and I'm like, "Really?" Because I would love to look a mess the way you look a mess. <laughs> Basically, if you want to know anything about my mom, think about me, except an attorney and twice my age. Boom. That's but pretty nicer. much it. We're like the same Oh, person. yeah, I said it. I'm, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. She has to be nice to you, though. Like, but she, she, you that's your aunt. Nice to you too. I'm your cousin. <laughs> like, that's your aunt. Yeah, but you're my cousin. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's I'm nice. It's just a different kind of nice. I asked a question. It's a different kind of situation. And you came straight up with a no. And my auntie was like, yeah, of course. What do you mean? You just did that to me not five seconds She's ago right. when I said I also, need to eat. So um, let's talk about it. I had a once. And so I typed Coldemort instead of Voldemort. <laughs> and we both laughed at it. it was a funny typo. But then she said she needed to eat. And I said no. And she said Coldemort. <laughs> So, if you want to use that, it's really guys, funny. I'm just giving it to the whole. I'm giving it to the whole squad. Coldemort is now a slang term. You heard it here first. Girl got fat fingers, and the C and the V are close sometimes, together. Sometimes typos sometimes. Um, want you to win. Sometimes, but my auntie is sweet. Rarely, my cousin is Coldemort. That's fine. Okay, chapter twenty. Um, Lord Voldemort's request. Lord uh, Voldemort's request. <laughs> so Harry and Ron left the. Oh no! Previously on Wizard Team. Previously. Hold up. Hold up. Wait. Hey. Um. We acted too soft. So Harry is obsessed with um with uh Draco, and it's gotten to be quite unhealthy. He's uh taking to following him around. Um, almost misses his Quidditch game to follow Draco. Um, only thinks about Draco. Brings Draco up to Jenny, and Jenny's like, "I don't why why." Um, McLaggen is out here being a douchebag, trying to and bad at it, and he's bad well, no, at it. He's good at being a douchebag, but he's bad at everything else. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to be the man, and he's bad at that. But in being bad at that, is succeeding at being a douchebag. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so he ends up cracking Harry's skull. So that's a thing, because he was not doing the job he was supposed to be doing. Um, and then, what else happened? Oh, Ron is recovering, but is ignoring Lavender, and so that's a thing. Um, I feel like that's it. Hermione has now like. 
is basically forgiven Ron. Because he almost died. But not because he apologized or anything like that. Or was held accountable for his actions. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Alright, so. Lord Voldemort's request. Harry and Ron left the hospital wing first thing on Monday morning. Um... And they were now able to enjoy the benefits of having been knocked out and poisoned, the best of which was that Hermione was friends with Ron again. So again, um, they're letting Ron off the hook. Hermione, like, doesn't... Like, Ron is not being held accountable for his actions. At this point, he's no longer using Lavender to get back at Hermione, in part because he no longer wants to be with Lavender, um, but is too afraid to tell her that. Um, But he still did a lot of damage, and just because he got poisoned, now Hermione's like, it's fine. We're cool again, and doesn't seem like they had a conversation about that. Maybe they did, and it was off page. I don't know, um, but probably not. Um, Jean, or sorry, Jean. <laughs> I guess that is what Dean it is. Ranger. No, uh, Jenny and Dean. <laughs> oh, ooh. <laughs> was it on purpose? Jenny and Dean had argued, and when Harry finds out, Edward um, raises raises its head. Uh. And sniffs the air hopefully. Edward go what the fuck is happening in here? Like Harry needs to go to St. Mungo's and get this checked out. Right. He has a whole ass animal in his chest. You need to talk to that Remus, just like, like Remus when you're when you're about to become a werewolf, what does that feel like? I think I might have got bit. Because I don't know what's going on. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. Listen. Because what? Like, it literally says, the drowsing creature in Harry's chest suddenly raised its head, sniffing the air, hopefully. No. No, it didn't, because that's not a thing. That's not, like, that, no. No. I reject <laughs> it. There are other ways. I just feel like there are better ways to show that Harry, like, is hopeful about Jenny and Dean fighting, or you know what I mean? Like, there are other ways like, for him to be, he can, like, he can look up and be like, Oh, really? And in his head, he's like, His mind is racing, his heart's beating. He ain't got no damn cats in his chest, though. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but what also, is this? I'm trying to figure out, like, if you are, if you like someone, this is, it's, there's this really weird thing, right? When you really like someone and you want them to be happy. And, like, they're fighting with their person, and you feel, like, okay, but, like, don't you also immediately then feel gross because they're not happy? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Oh, ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the way I would feel if, oh, this happened recently with some other celebrity that I'm married to, but I can't remember right now. Um, well, Portia says that Harry's got a monster where his heart used to be, and then started, and then pop locking. <laughs> and you know when Portia when we when we get our trap. I was gonna say when we get our <laughs> band together, that may be the first song. <laughs> um, so Harry tries to ask like casually what they were fighting about, um, and they turned into a seventh floor corridor that was deserted except for a very small girl who had been examining a tapestry of trolls in tunnel or in tutus she looked terrified at the sight of the approaching six years and dropped the heavy brass scale she was carrying so just like aha moment this is either crab or goyle in polyjuice potion warning draco that somebody's in the corridor 
it's a thing that's happening. Um, Hermione reaches or goes rushes over to help um, repair the broken scales, um, and then Harry goes back to asking Hermione what Jean and Denny um, were fighting about, and it was because Dean was laughing about McLagan hit- hitting the bludger at Harry, um, and Ron is like, it must have looked funny. Um, and Hermione's like, it didn't look funny at all. It looked terrible. And if Coot and Peaks hadn't caught Harry, he could have been very badly hurt. Except he was very badly hurt because his skull was cracked. So. I maybe mean, by, like, wizard standards or something. I was about to say, like, he also got all his bones removed. Like, True. His best friend laid up being poisoned. So, like, comparatively. Yeah. His other best friend got petrified. I just feel like a cracked skull in the scheme. This is maybe not. Okay. Maybe. Um, And then... It's still serious. (laughs) But it's not. Yeah. I mean, I guess like muggle... Or sorry, wizard standards of like injuries are definitely different. Um, And so then Harry's like, there's no need for Jenny and Dean to split up over it. Or are they still together? Yes, they are. But why are you so interested? Asked Hermione. Um, and then Harry tries to use Quidditch as an excuse. Um, but Hermione is just like, hmm, sure, Quidditch. Um, but then Luna turns up and hands Harry a scroll, um, which is another invitation to a lesson with Dumbledore, which is going to happen tonight. Um, and Ron tells Luna, nice commentary last match. She says, you're making fun of me, aren't you? Everyone says I was dre- dreadful. No, I'm serious, said Ron. I can't remember enjoying commentary more. So I just love how, like, I feel like partly because Ron is, like, alive and, you know, like, no longer in the hospital wing. I think he's just, like, relatively cheerful. Um, yeah. But also, like, woo, I'm yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to live. This is good. But also, right. One. But also, I think he's, like, genuine. And I think it's cool to kind of see the way that he and also the way that, like, all of them kind of evolve when it comes to their relationship with Luna um yeah and so but i also think he's genuine in a way that like he did genuinely like yeah. it but not for the not as quidditch commentary but as luna being right because it Which, was funny I mean, so and like luna was not it's like the it's like the president recently had this tweet that was like if you need a good lawyer don't hire Mike, hire michael cohen which is like oh my god our country is burning and everything is terrible but also that's a funny tweet like that's pretty like like you're a criminal and you need to be in jail but also lols <laughs> don't hire your criminal attorney uh you know what i mean no because i don't know who that is but <laughs> but sure I'm worried. Do you have a crack skull? Mm-hmm. I wish. <laughs> um, so, oh, and then Ron asks what um, this onion-like object that Luna had um, was. And it's Gertie Root. They're really excellent for warding off gulping plimpies. Um, and then... Yeah, they are. And then she lets Ron keep it. Um, Can I just say that when Luna gets older, I want her to be, like, the the auntie who's like you know nothing about that damn oh, god <laughs> had a drunk uncle like that he was the best <laughs> and you'd be like what is that he's like, you don't know nothing about this here oh god this here girdy root no 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 see see that's why you young kids y'all get nothing done 
Y'all know how to ward off gulping plumpies. The basic gulpy. I can't. Um, although this is like a really like a small thing, but it's like a world building thing. When they go to the Love Good House next book, um, Xenophilius gives them like in like a gurdy root juice, basically, and and it's gross. So that's a thing. Also, I think that's the excuse he uses. Like Luna's off collecting plimpies, gurdy root oh. plimpies, like the gulping plimpies from the you? river, because they sound like fish to me, but I'm not sure if that's actually what they are. Um. Why would you collect the thing you're trying to ward off? Or maybe it wasn't a plimpy then. It was something. It was like something they were going to make for stew or something. I don't know. But definitely they drank Gertie Root. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought of the Lovegood, like, like, Berkeley hippies. Like, they'd just be offering you, like, uh, wheatgrass. Yeah. Ain't nobody come over here for no wheatgrass smoothies. <laughs> Who even has wheatgrass smoothies that you make at home? What is like what? They have all like the booster that you can get at Jamba Juice, but mm-hmm. like in the cabinet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ron says, "You know she's grown on me, Luna. I know she's insane, or no, I know she's insane, but it's in a good." He stopped talking very suddenly because Lavender Brown was standing at the foot of the marble staircase, looking thunderous. Hi, said Ron nervously, um, and then Harry and Hermione speed past as Lavender says. Why didn't you tell me you were getting out today? And why is she with you? And, like, at this point, Ron just needs to break up with Lavender. Like, mm. he's over here doing all this stuff when he really could just be like, you know what? It's not working out. Instead of stringing her along and making her feel bad. He's a coward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I don't know how y'all do it, but... He's not about that life. He's- He's not about that. Um, right. So then Ron uh, looks too much like the right thing yep. to do. Um, so then Ron looks sulky and annoyed when he appears at breakfast, but he sat and he sits with Lavender. Um, instead of just breaking up breaking with her and with sitting her. with your friend. Yeah, he goes and sits with Lavender um, and Hermione. Um, Makes himself miserable. Right. And so, and they don't, they don't talk the entire time they're at breakfast. Um, and then Hermione is acting as though she's quite oblivious, but she has an in- inexplicable smirk on her face because she is Coldemort. Um, <laughs> also, so someone um, yesterday, no, Monday, timey wimey, someone on Monday tweeted us, and I, this is a good time, I think, to do this. Um, they, t- I think this was on, it looks like it's a Slack, or not Slack, sorry, Tumblr. The Tumblr headcanons and more. And it says, what the world sees when it sees Harry Potter, a somewhat bland protagonist, and then what Harry actually is, a, sa- a complete sass monster and sarcastic joker. It's longer than this, but I'm doing mm-hmm. shortening it. So this is what the world sees Hermione Granger as, badass fem- female role model and a literal genius, incredibly beautiful, brilliant at all forms of magic and almost perfect in every way. Literally the reason why Harry survived everything throughout the series, why did she settle for Ron? What Hermione actually is, a vindictive know-it-all, but has a heart of gold who loves her friends deeply, is jealous, emotionally insensitive, and has trouble socializing. While responsible for the book smart, she is also prone to ignoring small but important details that are important to the wider picture. Will start fistfights with anyone who dares be searched the name of the love of her life, Ron Weasley. And like, the the whole of that might be true, but the details are yeah. wrong. Like, vindictive know-it-all no i mean she has done some vindictive things but she's not a vindictive person we stand a petty tree yeah all three of them 
are petty. in different ways. In different ways. And also ways. in the same way. But that like none of the uh, I don't know, maybe Harry might be vindictive, but that like Hermione definitely I not. think the only vindictive then, thing that she's done has been to Rita. Because even Marietta wasn't vindictive. That's not the word for it. Like it, like yeah. it's just not the word, right? It's it. Right. It was something else. I can't think of what that word is right now. But it wasn't vindictive. It was the most. <laughs> it was absolutely it the most. It definitely wasn't like vindictive to me. Is like you're targeting. Like right. she wasn't targeting. Marietta. Exactly. Like it it would have been. It could have been whoever. She just went too far. Right. She was um, overzealous. Is what Hermione Granger is. Right. In in good and bad ways. Um, yeah, she might have been vindictive to Rita, but... But also, I'm still not mad at that, like, oh right. well. Is jealous, emotionally insensitive, and has trouble socializing. Jealous of who? No. Ronald Weasley behaved poorly. Yeah. She didn't act jealous. She acted like, okay, well then bye. Let me I protect mean, myself her feelings heart. were hurt first. Right. And then, and then she was like, okay. But I don't even think that, I don't think that... Even in any of that, I don't think she was ever jealous of Lavender. No. She was mad at Ron. She wasn't jealous of their relationship. She was mad at right, Ron. Right, because even, because now they're friends and they're dating. And, like, obviously she's a little, like, haha because, like, she knows that Ron, like, doesn't actually like Lavender. And she knows that that's a, like, part of her is a little bit happy that they're going to break up because, you know, she likes yeah, Ron. That's her But mind. also, like... The whole thing was a fight between her and Ron. Like, Lavender didn't really have anything to do with that. We didn't see Lavender and Hermione really interact that much because every time we saw Lavender and Hermione in the same room, Lavender and Ron had their faces smashed together. So, like... Or Lavender was yelling at right. Ron because Hermione was mm-hmm. there because Hermione was always mad at mm-hmm. that. Okay, and then let me do this little one. I'm just going to do the first sentence for this one. What the world sees Ron as... The sidekick and comic relief of the trio eats a lot and makes Hermione cry. What Ron actually is, the heart and soul of the golden trio, completely irreplaceable to both Harry and Hermione, a literal cinnamon roll that deserves the world. But like both of those things are true. But also, like, but also, it's really funny. He's all of these. All what's of really funny is what that sounds psychic. like. What that sounds like is is um, the way that they like coddle him in the books. It's right. like, he's all these things, exactly. but he's still a cinnamon roll who needs to be protected. And you're just like, no, bro, he needs to buck up and get be held accountable. Right. Because like, <laughs> literally what Ron, what the world sees Ron as and what Ron actually is, all of these are things true. are true. Yeah. Like he is the sidekick. He is the comic relief. He does eat a lot and he makes Hermione mm-hmm. cry a fucking mm-hmm. lot. All of those things are true. So the world is not wrong in how it sees Ronald yeah. Weasley. He also is the heart and soul of the Golden Trio. I don't know if he's a literal cinnamon roll. No. The literal cinnamon roll is what I have in my refrigerator that I'm about to eat when we're done recording. <laughs> You're going to eat Ron Weasley? How dare you? I'm about to, apparently. How dare you? Apparently. about to get these <laughs> Weasley cards in. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that that was like, I saw that and the person who tagged us in it was like, I have deep problems with this as you should season but like i was just like wow like none of it's really wrong but it's all wrong mm-hmm. like they missed the point yeah amazing mm-hmm. okay but let's get back to hermione not being vindictive and not being jealous um so then later hermione so hermione's in a good mood um and she even consents to look over in other words finish writing harry's herbology essay um which is like gross, but Harry has to go off and 
to Dumbledore's office. So we're going to talk about that, even though Hermione should stop doing their homework. Definitely. And like, you can look over it and be like, this is wrong mm-hmm. and this is wrong, but you don't have to physically do it yourself, bro. You know, one year I was, um, this is in high school. Cause I just realized like in college, I really didn't care about school, which is really bad because it cost my parents a lot of money for me to go to that. Out of school. Um, but one year in high school, I was playing three sports on speech the speech team in drama and i was in government and doing journalism and you know what else i also managed to do but my own homework <laughs> what that's crazy by myself wow and nobody did it that's for wild me. and if ever there was a time when i couldn't do my homework you know what i would have done Dropped one of them extracurriculars. Mm. Like, maybe I didn't need to play three sports. Mm. Maybe maybe you don't need to play Quidditch. That is a novel idea. You know, I'm, I never thought... I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd never personally thought of that before. Dome. That's, that you know, innovation. You know. Just maybe. Yeah. 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 Perhaps. You know, perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> um... So, uh, okay, yeah, so Harry goes to Dumbledore's office. The gargoyle leaps aside at the mention of toffee eclairs. So we know what Dumbledore is uh, eating also, during, for his midnight snack for the next month or so. Toffee eclairs. I've heard of chocolate eclairs. Like, dumb, you can tell whenever you start to think, like, Dumbledore is so young at heart. Like, no, I'm homeboy. Old. <laughs> toffee eclairs? What? <laughs> Yeah. So Terry goes into the office and sees Professor Trelawney, who goes, aha, so this is the, we- the reason I am being thrown unceremoniously from your office, Dumbledore, because she's dramatic as hell. Um, My dear Sybil, said Dumbledore, there is no question of throwing you unceremoniously from anywhere, but Harry does have an appointment. Very well. If you will not banish the usurping nag, so be it. Um, she's talking about friends. Ooh. She, this must be like, I don't know how many times she probably went to Dumbledore to be like, can you fire the, the centaur? Um, and then says, perhaps I shall find a school. But the racism. Then she says, perhaps I should find a school where my talents are better appreciated. Where? Where are you going to find that, girl? Pig farts! Where are you going, fam? Pig farts! Pig farts? It's on the moon. Chalkboards. Chalkboards. <laughs> um, I hear that Clorthos. Yeah, Clorthos is as well. Mean. Of a divination teacher. <laughs> They've had some cutbacks. Yeah, so maybe they... So if she's willing to take a pay cut. <laughs> and, you find know, her own house. Provide her own... Provide her own supplies and security. And lodging. Clorthos might... And lodging. Clorthos <laughs> could take yeah. her. Um, if y'all haven't seen a very Potter musical... Or Harry Potter musical. Um, I mean, you don't have I to. I have it. I'm not like... I'm not like, you have to see it, but that's pig farts is on the moon. With Hogwarts pig farts, you get it? That's where Draco's gonna go. It's funny-ish. I I get it. I'm sorry. I guess I should have probably reacted. Because <laughs> I was like, you're talking to the audience, so I'm like, they're not gonna respond. And then I realized, like, I'm here. Sorry. It was like a <laughs> out-of-body kind of situation. <laughs> My I bad, fam. I left. I left y'all. I left you hanging. I was not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Cold war. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so Trelawney leaves and then um, Harry uh, sits down and notices two more tiny crystal bottles full of swirling memories. Um, and then Harry's like, Trelawney still isn't happy about forens, and Dumbledore says, divination is turning out to be much more trouble than I could have foreseen, having never studied the subject. Um, How though? Because it was required for Harry and him. Yeah. I mean, no, it wasn't. I just... It's an extra. They they chose to take oh, it right, third year. Left. Yeah, but they it was they took it their first year. No, didn't they? third year. Or, no, okay. Yeah, third year. They that's when they got to add. So they added divination and uh, care of magical creatures. Oh, so then um, Dumbledore says he can't ask friends to return to the forest because he's an outcast. He can't um, ask Sybil to leave because she's in danger and doesn't know um how how in danger she is and so she wouldn't be able to really like i mean i wonder though what is the danger now of telling her you know what i mean because well i don't know that there's danger in telling her i think i don't know that there's necessarily danger in telling her i think there's just danger in her leaving but I also right. wonder, saying, like, she... what would happen if you told her? Well, actually, hmm, maybe part of the reason you don't tell her is because then she's, like, privy to, like, unless you just say you made a prophecy about, like, uh, about Harry and Voldemort, it just, she's not a part of the order, you know what I mean? She's not, I think it probably leaves her open to some things, yeah, but I, I'm not, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think it's pretty, like, open knowledge that they went to the when they were in the ministry and when Voldemort infiltrated the ministry um they were after something and is it like the hall and the department of mysteries is hall of prophecy, destroyed yeah. mm-hmm. right I don't know if they go into like the hall of prophecy or whatever like public knowledge but like it's public knowledge that the department of mysteries was like destroyed yeah so if you're just like you made a prophecy um and that's what Voldemort was after last year and even if you don't remember it it's for your safety that you stay here and away from where one of Voldemort's supporters can get to you especially because you don't remember Mm -hmm. it and they will torture you to death Mm -hmm. see the long bottoms and literally everyone else that they've come across um so how about you just shut up take this free money and be secure in the knowledge that you actually do have prophecies every once in yeah. a while. I mean, none of the bullshit that you spitting. But honestly, Dumbledore probably just couldn't be bothered, or he didn't want uh, her to start trying to make even more, like doing the most, like more than she already is doing in class. <laughs> like I feel like maybe he's like, "There's only so much the children can take, so let's not let her know that she's actually done something correct, because <laughs> otherwise, she he's sweeping around the room, and you're gonna die, and you're gonna die. So like, I don't know. Yeah." I mean, I guess, maybe I don't know. But, um, I just feel like don't come back up in my office asking me to fire yeah. friends when the only reason why you was here is because your prophecy, not because you actually are a teacher, a teacher, and you don't even remember the prophecy. So I, I'm really just doing mm-hmm. you a favor. I could have taken that prophecy and then let you go off and get got. True, that's true. 
Um, so then Harry says, or sorry, Dumbledore says, never mind my staffing problems. We have much more important matters to discuss. Firstly, have you managed the task I set you at the end of the previous lesson? Ah, said Harry, oh. brought up short, because he hadn't even thought about it. Like, not even when Luna said, hey, here's this thing. And Harry reads it and is like, I have thing with Dumbledore tonight. He didn't think, oh, shit, I ain't done the homework. <laughs> Let me go right. find Slughorn real quick and give me, like, one more. Not even that. Can I get Dumbledore, an extension? Dumbledore had to. Like, uh, can I get an extension? He didn't even, no, bro. Like, he didn't even attempt. He was not thinking about this shit. Um, so it says, what with apparition lessons and Quidditch and Ron being poisoned and getting his skull cracked and his determination to find out where Draco Malfoy is up to, um, Harry had almost forgotten about the memory Dumbledore had asked him to extract from Professor Slughorn. So, to be fair, he did get his skull cracked open, right? Because, like, that is a <laughs> legit thing. He was in, uh... <laughs> it's not funny, but it but is funny. He was in the fair. hospital wing for, it, really, for, like, two days. Because he got, it was Saturday, yeah. and then Monday he was back. So, um, but there was a week, at least, between Ron being poisoned and the Quidditch match. But he was using mm-hmm. that. So, like, Amani says, uh, see, what had happened was Ron reckoned, which is like, yeah, but that was, like, before Ron got poisoned. So that was at least two, three weeks ago. The problem is that what had happened was Harry is obsessed with Draco Malfoy and just really likes how his hair is, like, perfectly gelled and, like, stays, you know, like, on his head. Um, and, you know, the way he walks across the room with his nose in the air or some shit. Mm-hmm. Basically, Harry was thinking way too much about Malfoy. Because all that other stuff could have happened and he still could have done it. And there was a moment in the last chapter, um, which I believe I pointed out, where Dump- where Harry like literally thinks, this is why like Dumbledore doesn't want me to start obsessing over Draco and Snape because I should be looking for, I should be getting the um, memory from Slughorn. And then he, that, and then that was it. He realized why Dumbledore needed him to, to pay attention and then proceeded to not pay attention. Yep. So, that's a thing. Um, so then Harry... But he's the chosen one and he's tall. He ain't that tall. <laughs> but he's, I mean, you know, he's got his mother's eyes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, that's not mm-hmm. it. All right, I thought I'd try. Give it a shot. And then, and then he's all, then he says, "Well, I asked Professor Slughorn at the end of potions, sir, but uh, he uh wouldn't give it to me." And Dumbledore's like, "I see." And do you feel that you have exerted <laughs> your very best efforts in this matter? That you have exercised all of your considerable ingenuity? That you have left no depth of cunning unplumbed in your quest to retrieve the memory? Unplumbed. unplumbed. He's bringing out like, whew, yikes. SAT words. It's, it's painful. But also, can we just talk about the fact that this is basically when your parent looks at you oh. dead center in the oh, absolutely. eye in, into your peers, into your soul and says, I'm disappointed. This is absolutely what this is. No yelling. No. Just. No. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, if you're me, if your name is Robin, you go, ah! <laughs> and they might as well have beat your yeah. ass. Cause it hurts. Yeah, same. It hurts the same. It does hurt the same. That's exactly what's happening right now. Ooh. And Harry want to talk about he had a father figure. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Okay. 
Um, with with Dumbledore and Remus and Sirius out here in these streets. Also, I read a non-finished fic called The Dog Father. Oh, I'm not on that one yet. I just read one that I now... Hold up. I have to look it up. Because I read it earlier today. Can you put it in the fanfic channel? No, it's one that... um, that okay. was already linked. Is it in that whole list it of is, hashtag dads? It is. Because that's what I've A been store of happiness. I just read it. Um, and I was like, it's like if if Sirius's name had been cleared at the end of Prison of Azkaban. Oh, I'm going to read that And one, it's the I'm cutest reading, thing um, ever. Which one am I reading right now? I'm reading the one. It's it's. I'm still early on it. It's talking about Remus. Oh. The Wormwood. The Common Wood Brown. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I definitely. So, so like we have a. We have a fanfic uh, thingy in our Slack channel. Shout out to Lauren, our fanfic librarian. Um, and so I literally, um, but yeah, no folks have been sharing like links to fanfic and stuff. And Lauren did a whole thread on like hashtag dad's fanfic. And so I've just and been, she's doing a Luna I've just been feeling, too. I've just been like seeing it, but haven't had time to look at it. So yesterday I like clicked on a bunch of links and then I organized it from like shortest to longest. And then I'm kind of working my way up. We'll see what goes on it's mostly it's mostly dads it's not finished it's mostly dads but then i found one where ron is there's one where ron is the chosen one and there's another one where hermione's the chosen one i put that so i'm like i'm like gotta read both of those see what's going on with that but that i don't remember why we um said that though what were we talking about Oh, because you said something about remus talking about the i'm not mad i'm disappointed yes and you said, like, you ain't got no father figures. And I said, oh, all of them. Hashtag dad. Mm-hmm. Remus did a similar yeah. one in, in Prisoner of Azkaban. I remember that was a read. That was pretty painful, too. Right. Oh, that one that was, was for the books. This Dumbledore's is like, number two. Cause, cause, that was a harsh oof. one. I felt that one. He brought up his parents. Like, it was like, it was right. it was rough. <laughs> like, this one, I'm like, Harry, you better just take this out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that one, I was like, damn. This hurt. Remus. It like, hurt me. Ooh, it hurt. <laughs> Like, I know he tripping, but you, damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Eliana says Dumbledore knew that if Harry cared, he would have he would have been had that story, but he didn't care. So he put zero energy into it. His obsession makes sense to her because he was dealing with severe grief and he knew something was going on. He just needed a distraction um, and also to prove himself right. Draco was unintentionally gaslighting him. I get that. Whew. Um, and then Delia says, I kind of see it, but he has literally everyone around him telling him to chill and he doesn't even clock it. That's, but that's also like Harry, that's like a really succinct definition of Harry Potter <laughs> as like a person. Everybody's like, bro, calm down. And he's like, I don't know what that means. I'm going to keep doing what I was doing before you told me to calm down. I am calm! <laughs> that's, don't tell me to calm that's down! That's what it is. That's exactly yeah. Um, okay. So then, uh... Harry tries to use Ron's poisoning as an excuse. He's like, oh, I when Ron swallowed the love potion, I got I took him to Professor Slughorn. I thought if I got him in a good mood. Um, and Dumbledore's like, did that work? And Harry's like, no, because Ron got poisoned. Which naturally made you forget about trying to retrieve the memory. I would have expected nothing else while your best friend was in danger. Once it became clear that Mr. Weasley was going to make a full recovery, however, I would have hoped that you had returned to the task I set you. I thought I made it clear to you that it, how very important the, the memory is. Indeed, I did my best to impress upon you that it is the most crucial memory of all and that we will be wasting our time without it. And again, the last time Harry thought about getting the memory was after Ronnie got poisoned. But still, he went to Draco. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, Harry can't say what happened was... I was obsessed with following Draco around because Dumbledore already told Harry to leave Draco alone. 
So, like, he can't say that because then Dumbledore's going to be like, word. <laughs> like, it would just... But then, here's the issue. Like, and this is also the problem with the Dumbledore knows all, sees all, is omnipresent in the lives of Howard. <laughs> is that he's tracking Draco. And so he's like, leave, leave Draco alone, Harry. That's none of your business. Go do this thing that I asked of you. And then Harry can't be like, I know that you told me to do this thing, but I was busy tracking Draco. And I just, I'm just like, I just come down to like communication and transparency. Well, yes, but I mean, also again, things, but- also again, Harry is not the chosen one to, to defeat Draco. That's just not like, I just think that's part like he, I think, yes, some of it is transparency, but I also think that like Harry needs to have his priorities he knows that his his little prophecy was not Harry will find out what Draco was doing and be like, no, that's small shit. That's below his pay grade. I know he's not getting paid, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, it's just that's some other stuff. Somebody else could handle that. Draco ain't the one that's gonna kill you, right? Sam. Like somebody else can handle that. That's your light. That's your light work. Like, pass that off. Delegate. But you know who was talking about this? I think it was actually. I think it was you. And Connie talking about the productive procrastination. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm doing something that should be yeah. done. Yeah. But this, but he just, he just shouldn't be doing this one. But he, you know, he's trying to procrastinate. Listen, I just, again, I'm in, I find myself in this position where I seem to be explaining or standing up for Harry Potter and I just feel very uncomfortable, <laughs> so I'm going to stop. <laughs> So then, a hot, prickly feeling of shame spread from the top of Harry's head all the way down his body. This cold disappointment was worse than anything. Sir, he said, it wasn't that I wasn't bothered or anything. I just had other, other things, other things on your mind. Dumbledore finished the sentence for him. I see. Again, other things. I see. Other things equals Draco Malfoy. Um, the silence, silence fell between but them But also to Dumbledore, he's saying... Other things that are more important than this thing that I explicitly asked mm-hmm. you to do, which is what my father says when he used to wake me up at three in the morning because I didn't do the dishes, mm-hmm. but he knew that I stayed up watching in sync music mm-hmm. videos for the 1500th time because I was trying to track how many times there's a close up on JC Shaw's A um, for my journal. Oh, God. <laughs> or trying to take pictures. Oh, my God. With my my you know yeah yeah i do i do know camera i do know of the perfect shot and then i got woke up at three in the morning and i was like but i was busy mm-hmm. busy with other things yeah more important things yeah. than the thing that i explicitly asked you to do mm-hmm. Whew. Mm-hmm. it's rough it's rough um so then harry's like i'm really sorry i yeah. should have done more i should have realized you wouldn't yeah. have asked me to do it if it wasn't really important like finally he's standing in his truth because stand up in that truth man man in that mess you made um and then uh Dumbledore says thank you for saying that may I hope then that you will give this matter higher priority from now on there will be little point in our meeting after tonight unless we have that memory I'll do it sir I'll get it from him he said then we shall say no more about it just now um but continue our story where it left off so um yeah, so they do like a real quick recap of Voldemort killing his dad. Um, 
going back to Hogwarts, asking Slughorn about Horcruxes. Um, and then we talk. Now we're kind of moving into Voldemort after um, Hogwarts. Um, Harry's, or sorry, Dumbledore says things become more murkier and stranger. Um, if it was difficult to find evidence about the boy riddle, it has been almost impossible to find anyone prepared to reminisce about the man Voldemort. Um, and so they go. They go into the uh, Pensieve to for the first memory. Um, which is the memory of a very old house elf by the name of Hokey. Hokey Pokey Winky. <laughs> yeah, Hokey Reacher like Creature Dobby Winky. Why they all got one name? They ain't all Beyonce. I think they're supposed to be like you know like oh no slaves. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about like Santa Claus or something, and like those elves but i think what? those were actually the um oh elves, elves. like santa yeah elves. that it's like the, they're supposed to be santa claus no 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 i meant the elves but you know what i mean i don't okay. know i don't i barely know what i mean i don't celebrate christmas <laughs> help me out here bro i didn't know what you meant because you don't celebrate christmas and that didn't make no goddamn sense i was trying okay um okay so so Voldemort reached seventh year of schooling with top grades in every examination he had taken. All around him, his classmates were deciding what jobs they were going to pursue. Nearly everyone expected spectacular things from Tom Riddle, prefect, head boy, winner of award for special services to the school. Several teachers, Slughorn amongst them, suggested that he join the Ministry of Magic, offered to set up appointments, put him in touch with useful contacts. He refused all offers, and the next thing the staff knew, he was working at Morgan and Burke's. Um, this was not Voldemort's first choice of job. Hardly anyone knew at the time, but Voldemort first approached Professor Dippet and asked whether he could remain at Hogwarts as a teacher. Um, so can I just tell you, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite books, uh, that's not Harry Potter or Mercy Thompson is Jane Eyre. And this was like the most Jane Eyre shit. Um, so Jane gets sent off to a pretty terrible, like, school for girls. And then she stays there. Like, she gets sent there when she's eight. And then she stays there for ten years as a teacher and all manner of other shit until she decides to advertise. But, like, it was basically like, oh, I'm done with school, but I still don't have nowhere to go. Right. So I guess I'm going to stay here, even though I'm not really about this Right. And that's kind of similar to Voldemort in some ways. Like, so... In one, so Dumbledore says he was more attached to the school than he was to any person. It was the only place he felt at home. Harry feels uncomfortable at these words because that's exactly how he felt about Hogwarts. But I'm also sure that that's probably the way a lot of people feel, especially if they're like orphan, like orphaned or they come from an abusive household or like, I don't know, Hogwarts is fun and like lit and magical. And so that, you know. And I think it's also just like a school thing too. Like, I remember... I did not think that I was going to stay in Indiana because, I mean, it's Indiana. But, like, there were times when I would come home for, like, longer breaks and I'd be like, dude, I got to get my ass back to school. Mm -hmm. Like, that's home now. And, like, all of a sudden I'm back here and I got got curfews and and chores and shit. And, like, it's, like, this weird in-between place when you go – home especially if you're not going home you're going to like an orphanage or something yeah so i think that's like you don't even have to come from a terrible place 
um, to have that feeling when you're at a boarding mm-hmm. school. Or, like, right, because you you're used to you being know. there. Yeah. And on top of it, it's then, magical. So if you're especially like, going back to a muggle kind of situation right. in the middle, it just, yeah. And I also think, too, that if you're, if you're not Voldemort, um, there's also this fear of, like, oh, I'm graduating, and what, what do I have to do? I have to get a job. Mm-hmm. I have to take care of myself. Like, that's all very daunting. Overwhelming. And overwhelming. So, yeah, I just, I can stay here, and I can teach, or I can, I can be a, I can work in the library. Mm-hmm. That'll be lit. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe not with Pence as your, uh, well, boss. Voldemort and Pence probably would have. I don't know why I have this Pence as <gasps> Death Eatery. I don't know either. Because she's so she's very she's so unhappy and she's surrounded by books. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, she has to be a Death Eater. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like, oh man, the only part of uh, the Doctor Strange movie I really loved was. And my favorite character is the librarian dude. And like when he was like spending all the time oh, in the library, because wow. I'm like, yeah, you're you're learning you're learning magic. Mm-hmm. Why would you not? Mm-hmm. Oh God, Pitts literally has the best job, and she's so fucking miserable. It's true. That's true. Okay. Um, also, the castle is a stronghold of ancient magic, um, and Voldemort was inter- interested in you know unraveling more more stores of magic um, or more mysteries um and then as a teacher he would have had great power and influence over young witches and wizards so these are also reasons why he takes hogwarts in deathly hollows um and like for the reason why like the final battle ends up being at hogwarts is because voldemort puts a lot of stock and like weight on that institution for all of the reasons that dumbledore just stated um like you know bringing up children in in like the things that he thinks are valuable and in ways that will help him um learning more secrets um you know just just a lot of different or a lot of these things and then they kind of eventually come to fruition because that's like what he's always wanted and he's evil and shit (laughs) um so then uh Dumbledore says, I don't imagine for an instant that Voldemort envisaged envisaged spending the rest of his life at Hogwarts, but I do think he saw it as a useful recruiting ground and a place that he might begin to build himself an army. Um, But he didn't get the job because Professor Dippet thought he was too young. Um, Ageism. Well, I mean, he was 18. Like, you just came out of school. And now you're going to teach. Like, you have to do something. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, you barely just passed yeah, your news. So it makes sense. And there also but needs again, to be something it else. To, it leads me to what is... Hagrid doing there? There's no... Well, that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything leads back there. But, like, what is the the career path for teachers? Like, in, in Muggle life, you graduate, and then you decide, oh, I want to be a teacher, and then you have to go get, like, a master's, and then you have to do, like, teaching assistantships mm-hmm. and, and that kind of, like... In the wizarding world, you're like, I want to be a professor. Okay, we'll go do something else for five years until you're old enough. Yeah. Like, that's not Uh a plan. So he could go work at the Leaky Cauldron for five years and then come back and apply. And they're like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Yeah, it's not really clear. I know. 
And instead of writing fantastic beast nonsense, this is what she should be doing. Or pay me to do it. <laughs> That's better. Pay me to do it. Don't you don't do it. Le- put 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 the pin down, Joe. I can't. Unless you're picking up the pin to sign a check to pay me to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Voldemort wanted to teach defense against the dark arts. Um, at the time, it was being taught by an old professor by the name of Galati Marythought, um, who had been teaching for nearly 50 years. I love that name. But also, Marythought is like, that's the one when Slughorn came back and he was like, I want Marythought's old office, which makes me think that it's mm-hmm. probably the defense against the dark arts professor's office, just generally. And maybe what ended up happening because Snape, like, because they switched, Snape probably kept his old office and then Slughorn got the... The big one. Maybe. It's really not a big deal. It just popped in my head when I was reading it before. Um, okay. So Voldemort went to Burton Burks. He was no mere assistant. Polite and handsome and clever. He was soon given particular jobs um, of the type that only exists in a place like Borgen and Burks, which specializes in objects with unusual and powerful properties. Voldemort was sent to persuade people to part with their treasures for sale by the partners, and he was, by all accounts, unusually gifted in doing this. Um, and so then they go to hear from Hokey, the house elf, who was working for a very old, very rich witch by the name of Hepzibah Smith, I believe is an ancestor of Zacharias, but I also can't remember where I learned that. So that could be wrong. Up. Sorry, I'm just trying to get, I'm going to stop licking my feet. Weirdo. Okay. Uh, um, I think so. Yeah. I feel, I, is that not? I think that's in like Pottermore. It's or somewhere. Like I just, yeah, yeah. Also, like these, this world is too small. True. That's true. Smith is a goddamn. That's a pretty common name. Common name. Yeah. Um. So they go into the Pensieve. Uh, um, and they see an immensely fat old lady wearing an elaborate ginger wig and a brilliant pink set of robes that flowed all around her, giving her the look of a melted, or of melting iced cake. There was the tiniest Great British Bake Off. Yeah, <laughs> there was the tiniest and oldest uh, house elf Harry had ever seen, lacing her fleshy feet into ta- tight satin slippers. Um, Hurry up, Hokey! He said he'd be here at four. It's only a couple minutes too, and he's never been late yet. So the house elf has papery skin that hung off her frame like the crisp linen sheet she wore draped like a toga. So she's old and overworked and just, you know, justice for Hokey already. But yeah. Um, and got no 401k. Mm-hmm. So Hepzibah asks Hokey how she looks and Hokey lies and says she looks great. Um, Harry could only assume that it was down in Hokey's contract that she must lie through her teeth. And I'm wondering, and again, it's just a question of like, how does this work? Because he like, does it mean a physical contract or does he just mean like their magic magically binding thing that that house elves have with wizards i think it's just a figure of speech i know and I'm, I'm getting it as a figure of speech but then i'm wondering again it's just a question of like how it works just because i mean we've asked it a bunch of times but just that like what's the word no it's a figure of speech which means there's no no, and I'm not. I'm, I know. I'm not saying there's no paper contract. I'm not saying there's a paper contract. I'm. No, I'm saying that. I saying that you look good. It's like when you get married 
And they're like, it's in your contract that if your wife asks you how she looks in these pants, you say yes. Well, yeah, I understand that. What I'm saying, though, is I think it's also still a part of Hokey's job to say, like, Hokey could not say you look a mess in part because of, like, the magical whatever. I think she could. It's just you you just wouldn't say that thing. Because why would you even not as a house elf? Like, why would a human say that? Well... Like, no one would say, oh, you look terrible. Unless you're, you know what I mean? Like, no decent, per- I don't know. I don't think that's true. I, most people would just be like, yeah, you look great. <laughs> Roll their eyes. I just think that that's just yeah, like Yeah, or they'd be thing. like, you could get this part. Like, we could fix this part. Or no. they could, yeah, some people. Some people. Depending on the situation. But when you're like when your boss or like when there's obviously an it not equal power structure, you're just gonna be like, yeah, you look awesome. I mean, you don't have to agree. It was just a thought that I had. I know. I'm just I, I'm just saying maybe. Yeah. Um. So really quickly, I'm gonna I lo- had to look this up because I was just trying to figure out timeline stuff. Um. In terms of like what was happening for Voldemort between graduating and um the start of the first Wizarding War. Um, so he graduates, I believe, around, like, 46 or 47. Um, and then this, I, I googled this, it's between 1955 and 1961, but they didn't have, like, a hard date. So it's been, like, 10-ish years since he graduated Hogwarts when this memory is happening. So then, um, mm, okay, so Voldemort enters, he's dressed plainly in a black suit. Um, he looked more handsome than ever. I brought you flowers, he said quietly, producing a bunch of roses from nowhere. You naughty boy, he, he, you shouldn't have, squealed old Hepzibah, who clearly has a crush on Voldemort, and it's kind of gross, because, like... Can we <laughs> just stop for one second and go back into the chat? This is a little bit rewinding mm-hmm. back to the house elf thing, because this blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Delia says that she's um, always related house elf obedience to Ella's obedience and Ella Enchanted. Mm. That makes sense. You're like, she's, like, forced... And physically, it's forced and physically inescapable. Mm-hmm. But if they try, they're compelled to punish themselves, mm-hmm. which is like. So I guess it's more. But with Ella, it's whenever she's told to do something, she has to. Do yeah, it. like, it's like directly. But you, you have to be directly like you have to directly tell her to do. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And with house elves, it's kind of just known. A lot. I think there's. I think some of them are directly. So like, there are moments where they have to. They where they have direct orders because, like, as we yeah. saw with Creature, he was able to get around some of those things. And like, if they really want right. to, even Dobby, like, they can get around some of it um, and punish themselves later if it ends up, you know, if they have to. But um, yeah, but generally, it's kind of just like ingrained in them in some way. It's not really clear how one becomes a house elf. So yeah, so Hepzibah is thirsty for Voldemort, and this whole kind of this whole kind of conversation is a little it's like gross on both levels. It reminds me of when you were talking about that Voldemort Slughorn fanfic or ship or whatever. Yeah. That's what this that's what this reminds me of. Where like Hepzibah is yeah. clearly way too old for him and needs to like calm down, and he's also like manipulating the situation. So it's just gross on all sides. Okay, so Hepzibah says, "What's your excuse for visiting this time?" Mr. Burke would like to make an improved offer for the goblin-made armor, said Voldemort. 500 galleons, he feels, it is more than fair. 
Now, now, not so fast, or I'll think you're only here for my trinkets. I am, hoard- I am ordered here because of them, said Voldemort. I am only a poor assistant, madam, who must do as he is told. Mr. Burke wishes me to inquire. Like, this is just, like, so dramatic and, like, yuck. Oh, it's a podcast. Y'all can't see my face. It's just a... It's just a General disgust. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. But I do... Um, and going back to that... I think it was a fic. Um, it was in Mark Oshiro has a... Uh, usual, will usually do a Queer Eye for the Magi panel. And people were just kind of shouting out headcanons and fics. And it was that... Voldemort seduced Slughorn... Um, and that's why Slughorn t- told him about Horcruxes. But because Slughorn allowed himself to get seduced, like, you know, there's like, even when you're seduced, there's a level of like consent in that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be willing to, like, he, it wasn't that like Voldemort forcibly made Slughorn um, start a relationship or whatever, but they got kind of into a, Dumbledore, Grindelwaldy, grossness. Voldemort was definitely like seducing and 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 leading Slughorn to think that there was some romantic feeling there, but because Slughorn felt so disgusted and ashamed that he reciprocated those feelings, he um, tries to bury that memory. Mm. And it was like a very, it was one of those like moments where you're like wow that makes a lot of sense but then also ew ew Gross. and that's exactly where i'm i'm at right yeah. now with this um which is like she's lonely and she's only hanging out with her house self and so she's very vulnerable mm-hmm. but also ew <laughs> yep yep is there not wizarding old folks homes which i guess would be wild because it would you would be like from like a hundred years old to like three hundred or however old, right, and I don't think old. she's quite that old, right, so she's like in her middle age, right, which is maybe like seventy kind of. like maybe sixty yeah. seventy, yeah, but it's still not seventeen, yeah, well, he's not seven, he's like maybe twenty seven uh, twenty seven at this oh, point, yeah, that's what yeah, yeah i I had to look it up because I was like what is <laughs> what is the time frame here time still change, yeah. like you know she was a grown ass woman when he was in school, so. Um, Eliana says that this behavior is disgusting, but she loves seeing the process of Tom becoming Lord Voldemort. Um, she and would. Why? Um, and Delia says, and Delia says, um, he was a charming mastermind who knew his strengths and powers, psychological and otherwise. Um, very true. Um, so then... Hepzibah says, oh, Mr. Burke, fooey. I have something to show you that I've never shown Mr. Burke. Can you keep a secret, Tom? Will you promise you won't tell Mr. Burke? I've got it. It just sounds gross. He'd never let me rest if he knew I showed it to you, and I'm not selling, not to Burke, not to anyone. But you, Tom, you'll appreciate it for its history. Um, so she sends Hokey off to get their finest treasure, or her finest treasure. The first was a small golden cup with two finely wrought handles. I wonder where you, whether you know what it is, Tom. Pick it up. Have a good look. Voldemort stretched out a long-fingered hand and lifted up the cup by one handle. Harry thought he saw a red gleam in his dark eyes. So I have a thing. I have a question, kind of. Mm-hmm. Are Voldemort's eyes red now? I think they're hazel. No, no, no. Not so now. Not now, now. I mean, like, in the, in the actual present, not in the memory. Oh. I think so. Yeah? 
Yeah. Okay. Because I at this point he's already split his soul. At least at, at least, least once. Twice. Right. At least once. Maybe twice. Maybe once. twice. I don't know, but at least once for sure. He has at least one Horcrux for sure. Yeah, um, he's killed. I mean, he's at least yeah. Five he's killed people. lots of people. Well, it's because my question, the reason I ask so, this is because there are a lot of moments in this in this um, chapter where his eyes turn colors. And it just yeah, so, feels weird to me as like a narrative choice, I guess, just because like, you know, so you see they explain further that it's like he has a greedy expression, right? And he's like, and that's kind of what's happening here. But also the fact that he that his like. It's not just like, oh, his eyes flash or like you see the greed in his eyes or you see the anger in his eyes. They like actually literally change a co- change color, I guess. Yeah. So this is what I was going to say. So I have a cousin who we all thought had a little bit of the devil in her. Oh. She had hazel eyes. Oh my. And I mean, we were children okay. and we were terrible, but she had hazel eyes and when she would get mad, they would legit turn red. Like they were normally like this really pretty gray ish shit uh-huh. um this like grayish brown but then she would get like they would they would legit turn red and it was scary that's terrifying she was she was possessed she might have been possessed yeah i'm like mm, <laughs> are you sure <laughs> did y'all not, really figure out that she wasn't like did y'all learn that that was not the case because she once later on in life told me that she was auditioning for the bad girls club so she might still be possessed. oh my she didn't do it, hopefully, or she didn't get in. I don't know. Either one. But I was like, really, girl? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to defriend you and figure out how do I just erase my whole ass family from my, my internet search history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but her eyes turned red. That's creepy. And it was creepy, and it wouldn't be like like, it wasn't like the way that they like a deep red or whatever it was like a uh it was creepy it was scary and it would happen in like moments of high emotion right and we thought she was possessed by yeah her. i mean i could so see I quite, why i mean I that's that that's like that's good to know i yeah because i was really reading it like why though and not in like a not in like a bad like this doesn't need to happen but just like actually why like why would mm-hmm. um like why would that be necessary when you can show the um you when you can show his emotion in a different way you know yeah. um but it's because it's like it's the pupils right or not the pupils but like the it's the huh. it's the iris. iris that's the word i knew that Irises? It's not the it's white like of his eyes. eyes. It's the yeah, yeah. No, I googled eyes turning red, and they're just showing me a lot of uh, like hot blood vessels, which is disgusting. So I'm gonna just click out of that. And I'm also googling it right now too. Like, <laughs> can like, eyes mm. turn red? But I, I swear it happened. Like, it's not a fever dream, unless it was a shared delusion between me and my cousin. Right. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't like the deep red of like movies or anything, but it was, it was, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just, I, I was curious about that because it comes up a couple times. Um, but back to the grossness, um, Voldemort's 
greedy expression was curiously mirrored by Hepzibah's face, except her tiny eyes were fixed upon Voldemort's handsome features. Ew. It's gross. It's gross. Don't like it. Um, really quick, backtrack. Eliana said that she always assumed that Voldemort was experimenting with magic right now. He ain't <laughs> he ain't a full-blown crackhead yet, but he's definitely hidden the pipe a couple times. God damn. And you won't let me remove her. Well, well so what I was going to say is, like, I assu- like I guess that he was, like, doing that too. I just wondered, like, what was the thing that would have his eyes do that? Like, when he's very clearly in... And I, honestly, like, we don't have an answer and it's fine, but, like, and it doesn't usually bother me. It was just, you know, close read. So it just popped, it just stood out to me this time, I guess. Um... Yeah, I always assume that it was more um, about your like his his soul or lack thereof mm. because because I think later they become is, they're like always right. Yeah, yeah, as his soul is splitting and um, he's becoming less of a full human. Yeah, um, his eyes are turning red. It's it's a magical thing. Yeah, right? but it's like the physical manifestations of your soul being this dark magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, a badger, um, remembered Voldemort examining the engraving on the cup. Then this was Helga Hufflepuffs, as you very well know, you clever boy. Didn't I tell you I was distantly descended? Um, it has all sorts of powers, uh, it's supposed to possess. She took the cup, um, off of Voldemort's long finger, a shadow across Voldemort's face as it was taken away. Um, and then she brings out the locket, which Burke knows that she's had because she bought it from him. Um... Voldemort reached and took it without invitation this time. Slytherin's mark, he said quietly. So this one is more, it's like an entitlement thing, right? Like, he's the heir of Slytherin in his head. That's his. Mm. Which, like, technically, I guess, like, his mom is the one who... Some goblin shit. Right. It's true. Um, and, like, in, in some ways, like, his mom is the one who gave it, who sold it to Burke, who then sold it to Hepzibah, who then we see how he, we'll soon see how he gets it in his possession. Um, so... Can I guess? Can I guess? Is it murder? <laughs> what? A I'm murder? Just, I'm, I'm just I never. I don't I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> that he would that he would deign to stoop so low, but just a guess. No? I you know, I No. Did I go too far? I, I didn't know. I wasn't. I You don't he wouldn't murder. No. He wouldn't just I mean, murder somebody. Come on. It's Voldemort. Right. Come on. He ain't gonna just, like, murder somebody for no reason. Come on, bro. Um, But also, let's just, like, take a moment to remember Voldemort's kill count at 27. Right, because, again, reminder, at this point, he's around 27. Um, So he probably does have at least two Horcruxes. 27 that's like 10 years he got his first one at 16 doesn't seem like he would there used to be like this great website so i used to work at a place that um did 24 you know that show Mm -hmm. we did the the post-production on that show and so someone showed me this website called bowerkillcount.com and it's like all the ways in which jack bauer would kill people he killed someone with a pen he killed some dude with like a a diary or something oh damn like and it just i don't know it just popped into my head right now Voldemort kill count because <laughs> we don't know this point in his like life, there are what you know obviously there are people who he like orders to kill whatever and then there's ones he like but he has his own personal like direct kill with 
pretty high. Oh, yeah. For... At this point, I don't think he has the kind of followers that he can... Like, he might have people, like, who are like, this guy's got the right idea. He has his friends, not... in quotes. Yeah, they're not killing for him at this point. Yet. Uh, or so we... Yet. Yeah. We hope. Well... Yeah, so Hepzibah says Burke bought it apparently from a ragged-looking woman who seemed to have stolen it but had no idea of its true value. There was no mistaking it this time. Voldemort's eyes flashed scarlet at the words. So yeah, so it's just like he feels angry, I guess, than like the fact that he only has like half a soul or a third of a soul in his in himself. It flashes in his eyes. So did you know that, so like red eyes don't really naturally occur, um, but in, I'll, an albinism, albinoism, uh-huh. um, that's where they can sometimes appear because there's like the low, very low levels of pigment, yeah. um, and the eye can appear to be violet or wet or red. So we know that Voldemort also, besides losing his soul, is losing all of his mm-hmm. Like he's Well, like the, yeah, the, of the what he had. <laughs> amounts that he had to begin with right and gone like he's just getting paler and paler <laughs> he didn't start out with a lot Mm-mm. but like now it's just you know mm-hmm. negligible really mm-hmm. is how i would describe the amount of pigment in his mm-hmm. skin mm-hmm. so maybe that's also a reason for the flashing red yeah yeah that's possible um, so yeah, so all kinds of powers attributed to the locket. Um, she reached to take it back, and for a moment Harry thought Voldemort wouldn't let go of it, but he did. And so then Hepzibah notices that Voldemort's eyes are red, but then she's like, nah, whatever, it's just trick of the light, we're fine. Um, and they leave, and Dumbledore says that Hepzibah died two days after that. Hokey the house elf was convicted by the Ministry of Poisoning Her Mistresses, even in Coco, by accident. Um, so it's very similar to that in the death of the riddles. In both cases, somebody else took the blame, someone who had a clear memory of having caused the death. Um, so again, Voldemort is also framing people who are the most marginalized and like, and who will, like, people aren't going to try very hard to find someone else to blame. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's very, it's very easy to just be like, okay, it was this muggle hater who was super poor and lived in a shack. Um, or, okay, it was this house elf um, who's old Who and, you know, didn't know what they were doing and whatever. Like, it's very easy to do it that way. And also to just, because they're already on the margins of society, to just be like, cool, that's, you know, open and shut. Leave it at that. How dare you. So. Um, How dare you bring these feels? It just bees that way. This hawk! <laughs> um, How dare you stand where they stood? Oh, my God. Let's stop. Uh, so it was concluded that uh, she had not meant to do it being old and confused um, so she wasn't like punished or anything but it's still you know they still think he did that she did it um, so and then and just as uh, Morphin the ministry was predisposed to suspect Hokey because she was a house elf said Harry he had rarely felt more in sympathy with the society Hermione had set up SPEW because of Voldemort and the extreme and not just because of everyday injustices that are had that are like put on house elves. In addition to like him having friends who are house elves, like he's like, "Wow, Voldemort framed this house elf. That's crazy. I'm still gonna own one though." Like what? I just don't know what you expect. Like a deep thinking, well thought out moral compass. Yeah. They're like, 
I mean, goddamn chosen one. The fuck? I mean, let's just throw all the house elf narr all the house elf chapters and characters and narratives and just throw it all in the trash. Should have been left in the editor's room or in something. The garbage heap of history. Is that right? No, or maybe the trash. I don't know. Heap of history. Just delete. Uh, highlight all, delete it. <laughs> Just take it all out. Because why? I think it's really interesting, though, again, like, so we get this line. He's never felt more, like, sympathy towards Spew. And then... I mean, I guess we also just earlier got that. He also, like, like oh, has two house elves that- trailing yeah. after Draco Malfoy for no goddamn reason. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. I just, like, the house I, elves deserve better. They do. I, I'm not disagreeing at all. I don't want that to be my thing. I know. I'm just thinking, like, and this is why I had to stop myself, because we literally just saw him do this with Slughorn. It's like, he says this thing, and then he's going to leave this lesson and forget all about the house. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that was rude and wrong. And he shouldn't, he didn't have to do um, that house stuff like that. Uh, okay. So where are my house elves and why aren't they following Draco? And right. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's the privilege thing, right? It's like, you only are upset when it's like right there in your face, but when you no longer have to think about it or be confronted with it, you just, let it go, you know? Are or just, just go about your life. Justice, like, bombs. I mean, I think we all do it to an extent. In, in, in Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, keep your social justice, like, liberal agenda <laughs> out of my story. Oh, for my. Children. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. My bad. You're right. Because, I mean, I just want to come here and make potions and drink butterbeer and, like, you're trying to, like, course this liberal agenda of like treating people equally and with common decency and respect and like I just you know I think that you're just stretching. Well, Coldemort. Um that is bitch. So me? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, whatever. You know what you did. Anyways uh Hepzibah's family uh, later realized that two of her greatest treasures were missing um and the assistant who had worked at Borgen and Burks um had resigned his post and vanished and that was the last anyone had seen or heard of Tom Riddle for a long time um so Dumbledore wanted to call attention to a couple things one Voldemort had committed another murder whether it was the first since he killed the Riddles uh Voldemort or Dumbledore doesn't know but he thinks it was so then maybe it was the then it we know that he has the ring. Nah, man. But he may or may not have made it a Horcrux yet. Right. He definitely made the diary. I feel like the diary was the first Horcrux because that's like he preserves his 16-year-old self and all that kind of stuff and the Chamber of Secrets and blah, blah, blah. Like the the year that he opened the Chamber of Secrets is the same year that he killed his parent or killed his dad and his grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has the ring, but we don't know that he necessarily like killed someone else to like make that Horcrux yet. We know. But we don't. Like, we don't know what the, like... He'd just be murking fools the way... He does, but I think that, I think that, like, oftentimes his horcruxes are made from, like, specific, um, 
deaths, right? Like he his soul is mangled and oh, split, I, right? But like it's still within I'm him. Just talking about, I'm just talking about the murder part. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, no, I'm sure he, like, he's definitely killed folks, but it's just a matter of like, has he made another Horcrux from killing these people? Is the question, right? Um, that is the question. Yeah, I don't know the answer. To that. Yeah, neither do I. I feel but like I it might they might break it down later, but I can't remember. He has killed more people. Yeah, he didn't just kill his daddy and his grandparents. It was like, okay, that was that was interesting. I'm done. Yeah, he was like, ooh, I like this. I can make people hurt. <laughs> That's what he, he said. He did say that. Yeah. Um, and then this time he killed not for revenge, but for gain. Um, and then I just want to say, like, I <laughs> say I take umbrage, which I do with the idea that like he um, that there's like degrees to killing. Like he killed his parent or he killed his his parental paternal family mm-hmm. for revenge so i i think it's it doesn't it does a disservice to kind of make it so black and white you know because i do think by the time he killed his paternal family he also wanted to erase any um ties to muggleness and so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. for gain as well as revenge like it's not just like Mm-hmm. And I think that they're still tied in that, like, he wants to erase his muggleness on this side, but then he kills to get the locket in the cup as a way to, like, bolster and, like, strengthen his magical ties, right. if that makes sense. And, and right, and I think that both of those things, in the context of wizarding society, are for gain, in the same way that, like, Umbridge disowns her, her muggle mother and brother... Is her brother a muggle or a squib? Umbridge. Who? I just thought about this. This is a nif- this is a different Oh squib. Just because he has one muggle mother. Um, yeah. But I think what you have like the magical mm-hmm. gene okay. or something. That's yeah. another podcast uh episode. Yeah. But this in the same way that Umbridge like disowns them and then uh, disowns her father later down the line like that's for personal gain and reputation management and this is like an extreme version of that because who mm-hmm. is Voldemort if not the dude that does the most extreme versions of everything um, but I just it, it feels gross to me and I, I was I was thinking about this too because we had in America yet again another shooting and people are trying to find the motives and it's like, it doesn't have to be one thing. Like, there could be a lot of factors that go into why someone does the effed up things they do. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, so... Okay. So, um, Dumbledore says, I hope you'll understand in due course exactly what those objects mean to him, Harry. He saw the locket, at least, is is rightfully his. Um, and then, ten ten years separate Hokie's memory from this one and, um, and then the one they're about to see, which is then, now it's like the night, it's like early 70s, maybe late 60s. So this is right around the time, like, this is more like after this memory we're about to read, that's when he starts the Wizarding War. Um, it's also around the time that, like, Lily and James and Sirius Remus start school. Um, 
So there's that as well. Sorry. It's just... Okay, girl. It's, it's fine. It's sad, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, though, it's um. the 70s, and so um, Dumbledore's walking a flamboyantly cut plum velvet suit with bell Bel bottoms. While, while he goes... And while he goes to tell Remus that he can come to Hogwarts after all. <laughs> That's happy feels. Feel. Leave me alone. But they're I happy. Shame in my fucked up brain. Oh lord. Overload of emotion. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's Dumbledore's memory. Um they they go into the Pensieve, they're back in the office, and then Voldemort enters um his features were not those harry had seen emerge from the great stone cauldron almost two years ago they were not as snake-like his eyes were not yet scarlet his face not yet mask-like and yet he was no longer handsome tom riddle it was as though his features had been burned and blurred they were waxy and oddly distorted and the whites of his eyes had now were now hadn't had a permanently bloody look though the pupils were not yet the slits that harry knew they would so become. is there um narcotics in the wizarding world and not gillyweed that doesn't make no goddamn sense. <laughs> it's but, not. It's not like, really um, honestly, the narcotics that Voldemort is on um, is the... No, I know, but I'm just saying, That's like, what is he's there... Doing. I, I know. His drug, His is, drug is... This is your brain. This is your brain on splitting your soul. <laughs> this is your brain on horror crux. Um, but, like, I, he's not, like, socializing that much, but, like, are people not seeing... This change and being like, um, <laughs> right. Oh, we gotta have to get removed from the chat. <laughs> Just, I, I. Can you? Uh, can't. Do we even want to share that? So I, she's. I, I don't know. I, she said that she honestly imagines Chris Jenner at this point in the Voldemort <laughs> transition. Yikes. Uh, just. Yeah. What I do want to say about, like, this, though, is, like, one, this is obviously the Horcrux effect. Like, this oh, is what this is. That sounds like the name um, of an awesome band, though. <laughs> the Horcrux effect. I would say. Um, but also, it's also the idea of, like, and so I know that, like, at the end, when Voldemort dies, spoiler alert, he dies, um, he dies like a man, right? And the whole point is that, like, he is, like, a man and not some like supernatural being but i also feel like in addition to just like the ways in which like him becoming evil is also happening in direct correlation with him no longer being attractive it also i feel like it makes it so that they separates him from humanity yeah. right because like now he like in this moment he's like very clearly transitioning and then even <laughs> and when we see him in in the in the um it's not funny it's just a like in the present when we see him in the present he doesn't look like a human anymore right and so there's like all this stuff and i think that this is it was there was a question on one of the panels i was on at lucky connor and i can't remember which one about like why we hate dump our umbridge more than voldemort and i think that part of that is that we like we separate voldemort from his humanity in a way that we don't from umbridge like umbridge we know is solidly human and that's part of why we hate her because she's human and, and she's, she's making, a terrible person she's but with voldemort choices, um 
as a human being, With all like of her and soul you know what I mean, like and her soul is intact, exactly. She just exactly has a soul. <laughs> versus this is it being happy exactly versus a Voldemort who is like actively um splitting his soul and then is also like and you can see in his like physical appearance how that is making him not human um which i think is like for the purposes of this story i think it makes sense because it's like magical and like obviously he's splitting his soul so like you have to have some kind of something has to happen when you are taking your soul out of your body and doing a whole bunch of shit with it right but i also think that in some ways it does a disservice to the story in that like sometimes it's easy to forget that he is human and doing these terrible things and like remembering that humans are the ones who end up doing these terrible things in the real world as well and it's not because they're some like scary monster they're a human being and they're horrible human beings but at the same time they still have they are human and I think it's important sometimes to like remember that yeah I don't know it's just something that I kind of thought about and I don't know that I fully thought in it thought it like all the way out but yeah yeah, I mean, I think that it's a it's a important point to make. I think the other issue with Voldemort's appearance is that it it it's a easy it's an easy kind of scapegoat. Like, I always would have I always think about like how much I would have enjoyed it had he not appeared snake like and and it was just a, a matter of people still being able to like you know him still having all of that like handsome weird charm um and yeah he's losing parts of his soul and his humanity but it's not an easy it's not so cut and dry that you don't look at him and think oh that's an evil motherfucker right. um and like so then it makes more sense because i'm still i still can't get over the idea that like He's been bested by a child so many like times. five times and he still has followers. He does. Um, Portia does point out as well that there is a bit of sexism that allows us to hold Umbridge more accountable than we hold Voldemort um, because, you know, he actively sought out genocide and is a mass murderer. Um, so absolutely. I think oftentimes I think about the reasons why, like, I personally, and, like, obviously there is some sexism in that, but I think for me it's often because, like, Voldemort is the big bad and so it's like this he's this thing and again because of like the at least at least what I'm kind of thinking through is like because his inhumanity has shipped away it makes it easier to like hate him but like it's an, exactly him. versus Umbridge where it feels more personal but then I also don't know that like if Umbridge was a dude like would we hate him as much or would we hate Umbridge as much and I like to think that I would but I also like who so, knows because we also I mean it's not the like the fandom as a whole is pretty universal on how we feel about Umbridge, but the smart fans also very much hate Severus Snape. Oh yeah, and that's because he's, he's supposed to he's he's supposed to be doing. And I actually do feel like maybe the thing is Snape and Umbridge are probably on par versus right. Snape and versus because also it feels like to me and like because you know. Michael Jackson. It feels like to me when people ask me like what my favorite album is, I don't like to count Thriller because it's mm-hmm. objectively his best album, I feel like. Just like in terms of like numbers and whoa, all that whoa, kind of whoa. stuff. I personally love Bad and Dangerous. Dangerous is my fucking Dangerous jam. Is it is the shit. shit. That was my first Dangerous album, is my guys. jam. Pardon the 96. pun. Ha ha. Ha ha. Anyway. Uh, 
But the point is that, like, it's one of those things where, to me, it feels, like, unfair to then be like, Thriller is my favorite album, when that's, like, essentially his greatest hits, right? Like, every single song on that album are in his, on his greatest hits album, right? So, like, maybe minus, like, two. Um, Dirty Diana. Not Dirty Diana. What am I? Th- Liberia. No, that's, no, that's bad. On. Those are both that's on bad. bad. Um, maybe Baby Be Mine might not one? be on there. But that might be the only one that's not on there. Nah, that's on Oh, there. well, then the, all of Thriller is on his greatest hits. like literally and so in my head it doesn't make sense to count thriller when i'm saying what my favorite and this is just for me personally right like it's not like a thing so to me voldemort is thriller of like evil the thriller of evil (laughs) voldemort is the thriller of evil and umbridge and snape are the bad and dangerous of evil for me this is a weird ass analogy you know what's great about this though (laughs) is that like that made 100% 100% I'm glad and this is why we started this so podcast glad. together because you say some shit like that to someone off the street and they might be the like fuck? Sorry, what <laughs> you say that to me and I'm like yeah totally I'm right there with you oh my goodness yeah I, yeah. I just now I'm trying to figure out if Severus is bad or dangerous and if Umbridge you know which one is which and that's a whole other thing, and we might have to do that later. Um, it's going off the set list. And my- anyway. Okay, Imani said, are we going to act like Off the Wall did not exist? I'm not acting like it didn't exist. I'm just saying all of Off the Wall is not on his greatest hits album. That's all I'm saying. Off the Wall is a bank. Literally all of Michael Jackson before he died is a banger. All the post-mortem shit is some bullshit, and it wasn't meant to that be released. Exist. And it does, yeah. That's, I um, don't know That's a um, cursed child extended canon bullshit that we don't recognize basically that's what that's what it is because also can we just talk about how invisible invincible is like a sleeper it's really good but it's so good yeah i think i listened to it the least because it was the one that i heard the most as a kid like that was the like Mm -hmm. because when i can't remember when like history dropped but i think i was still like too young like it was being played in the house but you know when I when Invincible was, when Invincible came out, I like remember only listening to that. History for a was very my first CDs, time. so I got Dangerous on cassette tape because I'm old, y'all. Um, and I got that with my own money. <laughs> and well, I mean, I saved my own money, but I didn't have a job, so I got that with my parents' true. money that I true, saved up. Um, my mom dropped me five dollars or something, and I just saved it up. But then History, I got that. Those was my first CDs. And I carried them shits around. Like I refused for a while. I like had I refused to put my Michael Jackson albums in my CD cases with all the plebeians, all the normals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how dare I besmirch Michael <laughs> by putting him in with the rest of these motherfuckers? Like he don't like that's rude. And then Ariana says me too. I got in the chat. I got a Michael. It, it, y'all gonna hate me for this, but I got a Michael and NSYNC only case. And it was glorious. It was blue with stars, so I could easily pick it out, and it was smaller. And so we would go, like, whenever we were all getting in the car, because we used to drive uh, to San Diego a lot, and that's like a three-hour car ride, I'd snatch that shit, and I'd be ready. And we'd be fighting what we're gonna listen to, and I'd, uh, what? <laughs> uh, put on an MJ, mama. <laughs> Um, it ain't too hard for us to jam all the way to San Diego. 
I remember going to our aunt's wedding in, um, in Louisiana and carrying Michael Jackson with me because I didn't trust their radio station. I mean, you know. And we had to, like, we flew into New Orleans and we had to fly, uh, drive to that, wherever yeah. that was. You mm-hmm. know, well, I you were there. there. <laughs> I was just like, nope. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, Got so it. we say all this to say, Voldemort is thriller. Voldemort is the thriller. Snape and Umbridge are bad and dangerous. I like this analogy. I'm sticking with it. Of evil. I can't wait to bring this to a panel. I'm so excited now. I am very excited. Yeah. I am going to, in this recording, go through the set list and, like, ascribe Dumbledore might be off the wall. On the evil side or just, like... Because it's like there are parts of off the wall. Is it off the wall? Yeah, I think there are parts of off the wall. If I'm thinking of the set, the the track list mm-hmm. correctly in my head, that just like don't fit. Like it, oh. it doesn't. It's not. He has one album that I feel like is not coherent in the same way. All blood the on the dance are. floor. Like, all the tracks are. But blood on the dance floor is like I love blood on the dance floor, but only the first like seven. It's like six but actual because, songs, and well, the rest is just remixes. You don't count. You don't count the remix. No, the first hell six no. Are the, the thing. First six are the thing. The thing, right? So that I don't think it's that. Okay, one. I'm trying history, to think. It's like the one. Maybe not history. I don't. I don't no, know. I think it might be bad because Liberian Girl. Yeah, because Liberian Girl just like doesn't. To me, it just doesn't flow. It always is like. Urgh! Well, I have to. Right. I have to listen. I haven't listened to them in order, but uh, guess right. what? I'll be doing exactly That's on Wizard Team Wednesday. Exactly what I'm saying. When we got it, when we, when we, when we, I have to look at the track list mm-hmm. again, but there's one that I think is Dumbledore because it's like, there are like these pockets of evil. Mm. Doesn't flow with the whole, like the whole album. Like it's an objectively great album, but there are these little pockets that are a little messed up. And got not you. that they're bad songs, yeah. but like they just don't fit. Got don't you. flow. See, I was just going by like, you know which were my favorites and not necessarily like actual. Oh no, I get yeah. it. Yes, but I but feel then that I, I, who no, I am, I, I'm, I'm with to, you. I had to go deeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. Okay, let's hurry this up. All right, we cool. gotta get off this call cool. so I can do this. Thing. Um. So good evening, Tom," said Dumbledore. "Won't well, you sit down?" Uh, and then Voldemort sits and says, "I heard you were you become headmaster, worthy choice." Um, and all these pleasantries and stuff. And then uh, Dumbledore says, "So, Tom, to what do I owe the pleasure?" They do not call me Tom anymore, he said. These days I am known as. I know what you are known as, said Dumbledore, but to me I'm afraid you will always be Tom Riddle. It is one of the irritating things about old teachers. I'm afraid that they never quite forget their charge, their charge's youthful beginnings because Dumbledore is a petty queen and I stand. But also it's true. It is. Like, it's not not true. Yeah. Mama named him Tom, Mama called him Tom. So Dumbledore's refusal to to use Voldemort's chosen name was a refusal to allow Voldemort to dictate the terms of the meeting, and Harry could tell that Voldemort had took it as such. Voldemort's like, I'm surprised you remained here long, and Dumbledore says, to a wizard such as myself, there can be nothing more important than passing on ancient skills, helping hone young minds. If I remember correctly, you once saw the attraction of teaching too. I see it still, said Voldemort. Um, I've returned. Uh, to request again what Professor Dippet once told me I was too young to have, I've come to ask that you permit me to return to the school, to the castle to teach. Um, like, I know that this is a ruse. Like, I know that this isn't, like, he doesn't expect to get, but 
it is always just set, not set right on my soul that he come here looking like, as Eliana would say, the Kylie Jenner of Evil oh, Wizards. Um, I didn't have another looking like the thriller. He's not quite thriller yet, but being the thriller of mm-hmm. evil. And going to just sit down and be like, my name's not Tom. You can call me Voldemort. <laughs> also, can I get this job though? <laughs> How, Sway? <laughs> I-, I can't put Voldemort on your W-2. Oh. <laughs> Did you file that with the Did ministry? You get a, I can't you got be, this is Professor Lord Voldemort. <laughs> Professor Lord Voldemort, that's a lot. We can't do that. Oh, God. That's like my cousin works at um in elementary school and there's this kid named Sexy. Oh. And the yeah, this little boy. Um and it's like a younger, like I don't know, because this is a the story's a couple years old now, but he was in like one of the like first or like second or third grade or something like that. And like his mama came up to school acting all crazy and he's like talking about how why you why are you singling my kid out, calling him Mr. Jones. You don't call the other kids by their last name. And the teacher was like, I can't call a little boy sexy. I just, in my soul, like, you can do what you want to do. But in my classroom, and for my 401k, for, you know, I'm not trying to be up catching a case by calling some fourth grader sexy. So what I'm going to do is continue to call him Mr. Jones. Does he have a middle name? I can call him S. Jones, but I just cannot call a fourth grader sexy. Yeah. Also, like, what a fuckboy name. Like, just not give your child a chance. I mean, he's a fourth Jesus. grader. He's not a fuckboy yet, but, like, he is well on the path. It's unfortunate. It's very it's, unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Voldemort says, I think you must know what I have seen and done. Um, Sorry, Tom says, I think you have known what I have seen and done since I left the place. I could show you. I am a murderer. I could could show and tell your your students things they could gain from no other wizard. Voldemort says, yes, I certainly do know you have seen and done much since leaving us. Rumors of your doings have reached your old school, Tom. I should be sorry to believe half of them. Um, (laughs) Tom says... Greatness in- inspires envy. Envy engenders spite. Spite spawns lies. And lies turn you to the dark side. He didn't say that last part. <laughs> he didn't say that last part. Okay, Yoda. That was some Yoda shit. And every time I read it, I think about that. Um, you call it greatness, what you have been doing, do you? Asked Dumbledore. Certainly. I've experimented. I've pushed the boundaries of magic further, perhaps, than they have ever been pushed. Of some kinds of magic, Dumbledore said. Of others, you remain, forgive me, woefully ignorant. The old argument, said Tom, but nothing I have seen in this world has supported your famous pronouncements that love is more powerful than my kind of magic, Dumbledore. Um, and then he asked, will you let me return? Will you let me share my knowledge with your students? I place, I place no. myself and my, your, my talents at your disposal. I am yours to command. Fuck no. And then Dumbledore said, get the fuck out of my school. I'm <laughs> <laughs> on you. Is that not what he said? No. I feel like he kind of said it. He said it in so many words. Check the record. In so many words. He said, he asked, what will become of those whom you command? What will happen to those who call themselves, or so rumor has it, the Death Eaters? Um, He got Death Eaters and he came up. He he came up in this this job interview with Death Eaters. Wait, so wait. 
So then it, and a Lord Voldemort. So then he's like, my friends will carry on without me, I'm sure. I'm glad to hear you consider them friends. I was under the impression they were more in the order of servants. You are mistaken, said Voldemort. Then if I were to go to the Hogshead tonight, would I not find a group of them? Not Rossier, Molsiber, Dolohov, waiting for your return. Um, I went up. Dolohov is a I hate Dolohov. I hate his guts. Also, Molsiber, I want to point out, um, I think there must be two. Because um, this is right around the time when Snape is entering school and he had a friend named Mulsiver. So it must be like his son or like his dad or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how these things run in these families. Because not, we know, has a son who is with Draco and them. Um, and Rossier. Also, like. I can't remember. They just. Is, is Snape the only wizarding kid who looked at his family and was like, fuck this noise? I just feel like that can't be true. Yeah. Like, immediately. <laughs> because it takes R.A.B. like a while. Like, he joins the Death Eaters, mm-hmm. right? Crab and Goyle are just like mini soldiers, just like they, they daddies. Ain't shit running the family. Like, the, Sirius is the only dark wizard adjacent kid that I can remember that was like, this don't sound right. I'm out. As a right. child. And I just feel like if my dad came home with like Nazi shit on, I'd be like, uh. God blast. <laughs> God blast. What? No. We do a Nazi. Wait, daddy, what's your job title again? Death Eater? <laughs> You put that on your W-2, fam? <laughs> I'm just sick. Oh my God. What are the benefit packages? Are we getting health care? No. Do you, do you get insurance as a death eater, well, father? you gotta eat death first, so. <laughs> the point is I ain't gonna die. That's the point. I eat death. Nah. Real nigga shit. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Take okay. Go to um, bed. <laughs> so uh, Tom is like, you're omniscient as ever. Oh no, merely friendly with a local barman, which is an understatement because y'all are literally share genes. But um, or but Tom doesn't need to know that, so that's okay. But, and no one, no one knocks the fact that um, Outer Force looks just like my man. Yeah, no one. Nope. No, no one. one. It's literally like those uh, cartoon tropes where you put on glasses. It's like, who is that? Yeah, they. It's like Clark, Clark, Clark Kent. Um, okay, Dumbledore says, "Let us speak openly." Why have you come here tonight, surrounded by henchmen, to request a job we both know you do not want? A job I do not want. Um, I very much. I want it very much. Um, and then, oh, you want to come back to Hogwarts, but you do not want to teach any more than you did when you were eighteen. What are you after, Tom? If you do not want to give me a job, of course I don't," said Dumbledore. Um, and nevertheless, and, say, and I don't think for a moment you expected me to. Nevertheless, you came here. You asked. You must have had a purpose. Um, Tom stands up. This is your final word. It is. Then we have nothing more to say any, than say to each other. No, nothing, said Dumbledore. The time is long gone when I could frighten you with burning wardrobe and force you to make repayment for your crimes. But I wish I could. For a second, Harry was sure that Voldemort was going to attack Dumbledore, but... Uh, he didn't. And then, uh, yeah, so then they go back to, they leave the Pensieve. 
Yeah. Um, and then Harry asked, why did he come back? Did you ever find out? Dumbledore said, I have ideas, but no more than that. I shall tell you those ideas when you have retrieved that memory from Professor Slughorn. Bloop. <laughs> um, Bloop. So then Harry asked, Bam. was he after the Defense Against the Dark Arch job again? Oh, he definitely wanted the Defense Against the Dark Arch job, said Dumbledore. The aftermath of our little meeting uh, proved that. You see, we have never been able to keep a Defense Against the Dark Arch teacher for longer than a year since I refused the post to Voldemort, which is petty. And like, you know, we talked. And awesome. But that's also... That means that there have been, this is what, 1996? And Voldemort came around mm-hmm. 1970s? So that's been 26 Defense Against the Dark Arts professors. Like, they haven't had Defense Against the Dark Arts professors, like, more than a year. Like, since Snape was in school. And I'm sure he's back, like, why don't you just give me this goddamn job? Ain't nobody held this position this whole time. You must get a remiss. Yeah, hmm. One, hmm. 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 Mm. Hmm. interesting but yeah that's they should have just made it like an exchange program type situation yeah yeah like a sabbatical year you can come to hogwarts that's just a lot of teachers to have to find that's why i'm saying make it like an exchange thing where like wagadu teachers come and then it's just like a you know you here for a year mm-hmm. Ta-da. yeah, yeah. All right, who is your MVP? Girl, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of said Dumbledore because I feel like he's the default for this book. Um, yeah, all, like his I'm read of Harry that. was just like impeccable. Um, and he saw right through Tom, so that was there was that as well. That's yeah. That's why I did Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll do Dumbledore as well um, for reading. Reading is fundamental. We read both Harry mm-hmm. and Tom. Reading Rainbow. Um, Take a look. It's in a book. Oh, my God. Remember when Aminati used to sing that song to Butter yeah. Me Up and it worked every single time? Ariana's MVP is three questions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, fam. I feel you. Uh, Delia MVP's Dumbledore for telling Tom what it is ever so precisely, and reading Harry with just as much calmness. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Portia makes brown lavender brown for standing in her film okay. ways while holding chronic F-boy Ron Reezy accountable for his dragon dung mm-hmm. ways, which is mm-hmm. good. Uh, Dr. Kashana says Dumbledore for snatching up Voldemort and Harry. Amani! Amani MVPs Dumbledore for dropping the disappointed dad what? on Harry and letting Tom know who what? What? What happened? He MVP Dumbledore. Oomst. The <laughs> headmaster of Hogwarts. Wow, that's crazy. Albus, Wolfric, Brian. Percival, you missed missing miss one. Percival. Percival. Missing one. Albert, Percival, Wolfric, Percival. Percival Wolfric. No, it's perf. Yeah, yeah. Albus, Percival, Percival Wolfric, Wolfric, Brian, Brian, Dumbledore. That's crazy. Mad. Um. Cool. Who did you bench? You. What did I do? You. You said something out of pocket earlier. What? But. And but I should have redeemed myself with my with my Michael Jackson analogy. You you can't no. It was after that that you you said you called him a nigga. I didn't do that. Oh. I didn't do that. Sorry. You did. That was, was the after, Death Eaters. <laughs> you said 
What did you say? Say it again. Just say it again. Why would I repeat it? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it's it because I have to well, edit Well, obviously you're going to find it. It's and, on here. I don't take it back. I just don't remember what it was. <laughs> I don't exactly either, but I know that I bitched I, yeah. you right away. All right. Right when it came Whatever. up. Um, and then Coldemore. Because how are you going to apply for a job with a fake name? Coming in there looking a hot ass mess. <laughs> and then go get sassy. Like, what? Where's your interview? Who was the recruiter? <laughs> And how did they prep you? They didn't. What kind of, like, this is, we need post-secondary education. We need soft skills taught at Hogwarts, man. You can't just come up in here being like, hey, yo, give me a job. Don't call me Tom. My name is Voldemort now. He did say that. My name is Voldemort now. He did do that. Um, my friends are called Death Eaters, but that's just, we're just a click, you know. You've heard of like the Thunderbirds, the T-Birds, <laughs> we eat death. the Pink Ladies, you know, the Jets and the and the Sharks, like that. <laughs> um, Sit down, Coldemort. Word. Sit down. I bench Tom as well because, yeah, that's why. Just because I, I, I benched him. That He's was the like worst. the most. <laughs> I benched him because I did. <laughs> <laughs> and again but he's a whole ass murderer this, like what the hell bro the reason why this podcast works so well because i'm sitting here like yep like he's a whole ass murderer what are you doing you had your whole Mass life murderer. ahead of you and you just decided you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna kill a lot of people for shit that i want well okay but this is when we have to talk about like when is redemption a thing because yes he's a whole ass mass murderer but then maybe he wanted to retire from that life and settle down as a teacher <laughs> okay but like no. Teach the children, children how to commit mass murder, because that's what he was talking I about. I believe the children are future. Oh, my God. Teach them to kill and let them lead the way. <laughs> Show them all the murder they possess. Okay, who else? Well, who did people bench, please? Okay. Delia bitches, Harry, do your homework. Do your damn homework. Stop prowling after Draco. You're not wrong, but you are being dumb. Whew. <laughs> She also wants you to know that this book drains her. This might be how everyone felt last book. Aww. She's just so tired of the I nonsense. love Order of the Phoenix. I did not feel drained at all. This, I'm like, what the heck, book. bro? Why? Everything after Goblet of Fire is just, like, nap time. I just... Uh, why? I feel like with Order of the Phoenix... As we are doing a close it, read, I'm just like, why are, Why do we love these I again? Love them. I, lo- I love them. I love Order of the Phoenix. I'm confused. Mm. I, I love that book I so mean, much. I love that Thanks you love it. Okay. Amani bitches Tom Riddle Jr. Go sit down somewhere, boy. Ariana bitches Harry. Just do your homework. And V Diddy. She called him V Diddy. <laughs> Everybody take a nap. Everybody go to bed. I can't. She called the man V, v Diddy. Diddy. I cannot. I love Ooh. it. Um, Dr. Kashana does uh tom riddle for doing the most and kashana for going to see happy time <laughs> she bitched herself she bitched herself oh my god you know i would tell her to go to bed but i think i'm gonna tell her to just go have that niffler <laughs> go birth that niffler and just come back and come back later take a rest she bitched herself um oh sterlo sterlo came in um 
with uh, MVPing Dumbledore for putting Harry and Tom in their place. I just want to get that MVP mm-hmm. in there. Uh, Portia benches Harry for being a bad friend and student and slave I mean, owner. Let's talk about it. All true. And Tom Riddle for having nothing but cruelty in his heart. Sterling also benches um, do your homework shorty Harry Potter. <laughs> nah Tom a cold killer for no good reason. Sit down please. I all y'all gotta go to bed. <laughs> Um, and we have a shade award. We have a shade award. Dumbledore for wielding shade as a tool to put poor students, <laughs> Harry, and unqualified social partners, <laughs> Tom, in their place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is too much. Mm-hmm. This is a full week after the slack lost its mind. I think we're heading down that same spot. I think I think we're okay right now. I don't. I, I mean, don't it's, know. it's a good nonsense, but it is it nonsense. Is, yeah, that's true. I am crying. <laughs> Um, like, Kashana bench yourself. I just don't. <laughs> she bench. You said me. I'm I need a seat. I'm fin- I need to take a seat. <laughs> I saw that dumbass movie. I knew I shouldn't have. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Thank you for listening. Woo. Next week, we'll be discussing chapter 21 of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, The Unknowable Room. We are like two months away from. Wrap it up. That's wild. Um, no. Yeah, and then we're in Deathly Hollows. Wow. That's okay. Um, make sure to follow along. And then we're going to be in Deathly Hollows. For like Hollows a cool time. Ever. For a long time. But it's still <laughs> like last book. That's crazy. Um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Join the conversation on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WizardTeam. Check us out at org. If you have a pitch, so if you want to write about magical schools, the pitch for the Critical Companion, um, the deadline is this Friday. Um, it's the 31st, I believe. Yep, the 31st. Yep. So um, if you have thoughts about magical schools and you want to write about it, pitch us. About like how they need to be soft Yeah, skills. and it doesn't have to be. It could be like, this is how I would build my magical school. It doesn't have to be Harry Potter related. But it could also be like, Ivermorny is a joke and here's why. Do whatever you want. So I have this idea. Actually, let me throw this out here because it, I don't make me write it, um, which is talking about like the skills that uh, students need at schools. And I was going to compare Hogwarts and um, Braxton's. Braxton's? That's not it. Buck Batten's? <laughs> That's not it either. No. Well, I don't Bill, know what it is. Bill, Bill Breaks from The Magicians. But I just really hated that book and I don't want to read it again. Yeah. Either way, the deadline is this Friday. Um, if you have pitches or ideas, hit us up at pitches at blackgirlscreate.org and talk to us. Um, yes, I think that's it. Happy Michael Jackson Day. Um, I hope that you put Thriller back at number one. Yep. Break bills. But yes, listen, go listen to Thriller on repeat and then listen to Dangerous. Yeah, and then go watch his performance of Dangerous at the MTV yep. Music, mm-hmm. Music mm-hmm. Awards. Do that because that shit is wild. Fire. And then go watch him jump up right before Jam and stand at in the crowd. Everybody framed and, and shit for two to five minutes. Um, and everybody and just screaming and yell at my daddy because my dad saw that when I was young and then vowed to never take me to a Michael Jackson concert because he said he wasn't gonna waste his money because he knew my ass would faint and I wouldn't have fainted. I might have fainted, yeah. but I would have, I would have made yeah. it through. So, you know, just celebrate Michael Jackson is all we're saying. Um, yes. yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Sean to bench yourself until 